It is Monday, April 12th. We're getting ready for another mock draft, this time a 10-team Superflex. Let's go. Right here. Whisper Nation, what's going on? And, of course, Big Travi, Johnny Game Time, Hicks, the rest of the mock draft panel. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing good, man. Happy Monday. It's a start of a week, but it's the start of a new mock draft Monday. And, Johnny, this has got to be like too early number 17 or something like that. How, how long have we been it's, doing this now? It's uh, too early number 12. Uh, okay. If you, you can go back and they're all uh, lumped together in our YouTube. I put them under one chant, one like continuous channel stream. So if you just really are just itching for a binge of mock drafts, you can just go and click that and it'll be hours and hours of fun in there. Johnny, I love that you've been pulling data from the mock drafts too and throwing it up on the Twitter page and some other of the social media posts talking about the data that you're pulling from the mock drafts that we're doing which I think has been so valuable and interesting because while we've got ADPs from Sleeper or Fantasy Pros or whatever it might be doing, we know those are always a little askew for a lot of different reasons. But here is actually a group of committed people who want to win each mock draft. If you haven't gotten a chance to be a part of one of our mock drafts and you're listening in on YouTube or Twitter or one of our various streaming options here, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow along on Twitter as well because that's where Johnny's drop to our sleeper room, um, which means you can mock draft alongside with us. And that's where we're getting that data that I was just talking about. And I love how you've been pulling in little pieces and seeing how it's going down. And it it feels like a real advantage to getting prepared for not just the NFL season, but the actual NFL fantasy drafts. Here's the, the real uh, hero of this whole thing is Philly Chelsea. Because without her, in reality, she's the one that is pulling, putting that data into our spreadsheets for us as we do these mock drafts. So that way we have a- easy access to it. So the real shout out and the real hero is Philly Chelsea. And uh, yeah, dude, like that information is so vital. And uh, that's what kind of makes us different as far as when our mock drafts and, and here we'll jump into this mock draft room because I know we're about to get started. But like. We fill this up every single week. Whisper Nation shows up and shows out. And so we're getting not computers. I mean, sometimes we get computers if we can't fill a room. But lately, Whisper Nation has been uh, jam-packing these uh, mock drafts. So you get a real sense of what people are actually drafting as opposed to, hey, this is the computer taking it here and here. So, uh, yeah, it's really, really valuable information for sure. Absolutely. And speaking of that mock draft that we're doing, Johnny, you want to give us a little bit of a lowdown on what we're doing today? I know I said a 10-team PPR Superflex, but 10 folks in, are we doing no kickers, no defenses, right? And yep. uh, it looks like we've got 14 rounds that we got queued up here on this mock draft. Yep. So five uh, bench spots. We added the super flex uh, spot into the starting uh, roster here. So uh, take note of that. All right. Well, we got our full room going. Is there any reason we can't get this bad boy started? No, let's, let's jump in it. here. I want to we'll start flashing some. Uh, we got a lot of people in here joining our uh, stream. Give a shout out to them. What's up, Whisper Nation? And big shout out to everybody we've got joining us here in the live mock drought. We got the Saturday morning snap program here. We've got uh, M Tout 23, friend of the show, obviously. Uh, big Travi FB therapist, Mr. Maseeks, the cast pajamas, easy daddy, game time, Jacob Blay, number one fan, Reed Tyler, and Diamond Mike USA. Did I get the 10th spot there right? Welcome, yeah, welcome, it. welcome. Yeah, Diamond Mike USA. 
Welcome, Diamond Mike. Yeah, welcome in, hey, that's everybody. A, yeah, that's a new one. Eric's uh, got a request for us here in the YouTube. Can you? Yeah. Oh, can you wish my brother Brian a happy 39th birthday? Oh my birthday? God, Brian! Happy 39th Brian, birthday! Happy birthday! It's your birthday. Party like it's your birthday, dude. Get it done. What was our song from over the weekend? We had another one of our <laughs> from like, our uh, listener from our um, League of Record. Matt Potvin's birthday is also today. Yeah, we'll shout out Matty P here. Happy We're birthday, celebrating that. Guy. And what was our song that we rallied folks with this it's weekend? Like, uh, it was a it was a it was a, a remake, dude. It was like it's Happy birthday. birthday! It's your yeah, birthday! It's your birthday. birthday! It's your birthday! It's your happy birthday! It, yeah, and man, exactly. it got the people going. So we so got it was a, it was a remix. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what dude. you're saying here. We scratched the beat, dude. We scratched the turntable. I don't even think it was a remix. It. it was a it was a fresh jam. It was oh, its yeah. own fresh jam. Like some fresh yeah. jam on some toast right now. So, but big, one. big happy birthday! Big happy birthday! Celebrating all the way around and celebrating here this oh. mock draft. We get it's also oh, Lando's, Lando's birthday. It's everybody's Dang. birthday. Wow, Lando's birthday. We got a man. What was nine months ago? People were getting oh, it was freaky. <laughs> <laughs> At least their parents. Well, hey, this yeah. is a family. This is a family show. You two, come isn't on. It say, isn't this not your dad's fantasy football show? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. your dad exactly. watches crazy ass adult content, and we are a family oriented program. Yeah. <laughs> this so is not your dad's show. Button up that top button. Put the mayonnaise on thick. We're here for the family. Get it going. I also want to say uh, we're about to finish out this first round, but the FB therapist is in this draft, this mock draft. And so that must mean uh, there's only one conclusion. He chose to jump on here on his first day of work. So, oh, that's absolutely. This is great. Well done, sir. Well done. We heard about that last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just telling him, you know, be like the rest of the crew because I know Eric comes in here and he starts to, uh, he starts to draft while at work as well. Oh, we got so stepmom think- Lauren in here. Hey, oh, hey listen. What's going on? Oh, going to listen while I do chores. We appreciate that. Stepmom Lauren always busy, even if it's not fantasy football. Just being a stepmom, being a dog mom, doing chores, kicking ass, taking names. That's what she does. That's what she does. Follow along. Catch her in our descriptions down at the bottom. And uh, update here from the football therapist. Actually, he said they pushed his start to Wednesday, sadly. LOL. No. So, no. Oh, and that, yeah, actually that not sadly because yeah. one more draft. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Right, dude. Gets in another draft here. Love that. Make sure that you have, like I said, if you are catching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Please allows us to grow this out, reach more folks, take in more questions, help more people win championships and uh, or have a good time not winning a championship, at least, which is also fun. Um, speaking of championships, so I wanted to take a look again. We got our first round here done, fellas. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barrett, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, and then Jonathan Taylor. Antonio Gibson then to close out that first round. We were saying last week, as we have for many weeks, where is the best place to be taking Jonathan Taylor? Where is he appropriately situated? And I liked our conclusion last week of one spot right behind Nick Chubb, 
right? And the there's no real reason why we can say Nick Chubb should be taken after no, no, Jonathan no. Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor maybe in a mystery box situation ends up being the best running back of all time. Well, I don't want jumping do over that. Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb is right now such a phenomenal player and a run heavy team. It makes a lot of sense to take him one spot after being Jonathan Taylor. Do we still agree with that? Do we, is that where we still yeah. like JT? We got I, a, I love that our uh, we have an awesome up? video actually coming out tomorrow where we're going to talk about it. So we'll talk about uh, the actual video title is should Jonathan Taylor be going top five? Uh, and you want to give us a little yeah, sneak that, peek? What do you what do you kind of think about that one right now? Well, I think the the biggest thing was is we've seen his ADP go all over the place. It, it did start at the back of the first round to start when we started doing these two early's. Then it jumped up. And then Marlon Mack gets signed and it's going back down. I love that it's kind of corrected, not saying that we had anything to do with it. But uh, it is it is great to see that he is settling back down behind guys like Nick, Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott. Because in, in your right mind, I don't know how you're taking Taylor top five, uh, especially with Mack back in the. In the- you know, this, this, this question, I guess, me every single year and I come up with a new conclusion at the end of every season. But that first round selection, there's so much you can take really there's such a wide variety of folks. Johnny, do you like to see in the first round, do you go for as much upside as possible or do you go for as few question marks as possible? Uh, I'm going I'm going as few question marks as possible. I think that last year was a major case in point as to why you go safe. And I mean, a part of that, yeah, was the COVID part, right? Uh, There was like, you want to go as safe as possible in that realm, but also like, if you look at your rosters and how you're constructing and just if you look at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, if you don't have your first round running back or you don't and we say this all the time, like you don't have to necessarily hit on all your on your draft like you, you just have to be uh, fairly confident in your very first three to four rounds. You generally have to be pretty solid. So I try to go at least the the strategy that I like to play in is I try to go with the most uh definite and and something that i'm i'm the most confident in and that i'm going to get back in return now i don't i don't that's not to say like i'm like oh like give me the most like mundane running back in that in that first running or like mundane player right like i don't it's not that i don't go for ceiling because i do but i also want to get a high floor as well because i need to make sure that i'm still getting value back for that number one uh first round pick I love how you brought it up there, Johnny, and I've said this multiple times, and this is kind of like an Austinism because I haven't heard anybody preach this, and I'm going to preach it all the way to the afterlife. This is – I am take. I love this piece here of your first-round pick being the one pick of every other selection in your draft that you need to feel confident as much as possible. This is a pick that is going to be very difficult to replicate their production through other picks later on, through trade acquisitions, through waiver wire come-ups. It's really, really hard to replicate the expected production from your first overall. And when you're going in a hairline decision of, I think this guy might end up scoring 20 more fantasy points over the course of the year than this other guy for whatever reason – for me, what I'm factoring into my first overall selection is who is that handcuff back if I'm taking a running back and what is the overall system? And I want to invest in a system. I want to invest in somebody that I can get their handcuff cheap. That is going to be a great pickup. God forbid something happened to that initial selection. And for an example here, you know, if I'm looking at 
outside of the first round. The two running backs taken in the second round, give me a good example here, like Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. If I'm looking back and forth between Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, for me, I'm taking Aaron Jones and getting A.J. Dillon further on down the list than I am taking Joe Mixon and somebody else, even if I think Joe Mixon has a more bell cow situation coming up ahead of him, just because if Joe Mixon then does go down, I'm not sold on the Cincinnati Bengals as being a great team. I'm not sold on Joe Mixon's backup, um, but I am sold on the on the Green Bay Packers system. Aaron Jones is the clear top dog. If he did have something bad happen to him, though, A.J. Dillon is now the clear top dog coming into an effective system that's going to have a lot of first downs, a lot of goal line opportunities. And so I'm making that consideration for my first round pick more than just who do I like as a player um, on that surface level kind of information. So. And I think mostly stepmom Lauren agrees with you here with her focus on high upside in the later rounds is what I say, Uh, kind of like you said, buying into the system, buying into the actual uh, production in the first couple rounds. And then we're going to take our shot at some guys with high upside later on. And like we've noticed in the last couple of years, you can go for upside more on wide receivers than you really can on on running backs. And we're going to have like three to seven rounds, three to seven are going to be littered with wide receivers uh, just because that's the way the league has been going. And so I think you can really take your shot on huge upside wide receiver plays this year uh, like you could last year. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Travi, there. And like, and then from the other side of who do you take at the wide receiver position, it's game changers, right? Like there are some of these game-changing wide receivers that are truly special based on their talent level, their role on the team, um, and a couple other variables that, you know, maybe physical persona that you just can't replicate in other spots. And so there's there's no problem jumping up with those guys. Um, while we are moving through the draft, I do want to get our audio only listeners caught up on our selections thus far. I rounded out the first round there. We had Antonio Gibson be the last pick in the first round of our 10 team Superflex draft. The second round started off with Devontae Adams, first wide receiver off the board, followed by the aforementioned Joe Mixon, Travis Kelsey, first tight end gone. Then DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs. Aaron Jones was picked up at the sixth spot in the second round. Tyreek Hill, followed by Cam Akers, Michael Thomas, and Josh Allen, who's the second quarterback selected in this Superflex team. I think you'll probably see a lot of that in mock drafts moving forward. CEH was the first pick in the third round, followed by Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, uh, Dak Prescott, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Johnny Took, James Robinson, then Justin Jefferson off the board, Josh Jacobs, and Calvin Ridley to close out the third Diamond Mike USA picked J.K. Dobbins to start the fourth. Miles Sanders and Julio Jones are gone with game time, having 11 seconds left to make his fourth round selection to pair up with Derrick Henry, James Robinson, and DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'm going to go George Kittle here. Ooh, I Ooh. like that pick. It's looking two mean fourth. running backs. I really was not like thinking about it. Like I just was. I mean, I liked Mike Evans a lot, and I was thinking about going. It would be fairly well balanced that way with those two, you know. But man, George Kittle in the fourth uh, with what I have there, I, I why not try this? Let's see how it works why out, not, here. dude. Why, why not, not, dude? Live a little. It's Monday. Live a little. I yeah, it is Monday. I also do like the the David Montgomery. I was kind of looking in that direction, saying if I want, you know, talking about that conversation earlier where you look at kind of what you have and you kind of because let's say for example. And this is where I would say I would deviate from that original plan, right? Like of what I like to do. Let's say I I get stuck in an area where I might not have, you know, like 109, right? 
I think that that's fine to take Jonathan Taylor there. There is some risk in that pick, right? It's not going to be a walk in the park that he's going to, you know, necessarily be a, a, a top seven running back, let's say, right? So maybe in my second and third picks here, um, like Reed Tyler did, uh, he takes Joe Mixon, he takes Miles Sanders, he takes Josh Jacobs, kind of builds it out to where he can kind of balance that out to where if Jonathan Taylor does slip a little bit. He has a little bit of leeway to, you know, make it work with his other. He has a higher upside with his RB2s mm. is what I'm saying. So he kind of balances out. You can always kind of work that way as well um, if need be as well. You know, water, be watered. It's what we always like to or we like to say on this show, right? Um, so it's a, it's kind of how you can kind of look at your roster as you're in the action, right? Not letting the uh, emotion motion of the ocean overflow you okay <laughs> the motion of the be ocean like, rock be your like boat. water but don't let the motion of the ocean rock your boat i love it yeah, yeah. So and keep you afloat very... or uh, and knock you what's what's like not afloat let <laughs> yeah. the motion of the ocean rock your boat and... <sighs> i was really hoping melvin gordon was going to follow me in this round uh, that would have been that would have been too perfect for me too perfect and that's what's coming down to. I gotta want to ask you guys right now in a super flex. Do you have any strategies you lean to? Now we say be like water, and so if a snipe comes along and takes your pick, you might have to adjust your entire strategy. But do you find yourself, uh, Travi, leaning towards taking quarterbacks early? Do you like to wait on them? I see here you haven't taken a quarterback yet. So is that how you like to do it, or are you just mocking around? I am mocking around with a super flex, not, uh, admittedly have not played in a ton of super flexes. Um, wanted to make sure my core, you know, anytime I've, I've, we've done these three wide receiver leagues, which is a very popular format. I yeah. want to make sure I get my top three starters as, as try to be main veins of their offense, so to speak. Mm. And, um, that's hard to do unless you take a couple of them within these first five rounds. Right. So, um, I'm trying to get that set up and then see where I land with, with this kind of work. Now, I don't think that Mac and, and the fantasy football therapist and, and Mr. Meeseeks did us any favors by starting these QB uh, selections early, but that happens in these Superflex. Yeah. I've seen that before, so um, I'm not discounting their strategy, um, but I, I'm just uh, going to that, that. My thing is, is I, I want to see how it works. I mean, no, I know Johnny just did this a couple weeks ago and didn't love his quarterbacks when he when he mm. ended up doing it, um, mm. but I, I think I might end up taking them a little bit earlier than he did uh, that week. Mm. Yeah, that that's the thing. You just have to. You gotta. It's a th- a thin line. Of thin, <laughs> like, can you get? Walking can you get in? Yeah. There. But I'll tell you what, uh, Mac from Saturday Morning Snap, um, his team is looking dynamite. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, and then taking those three running backs. That's pretty pretty gnarly. I like how he's starting that team. It's interesting. I think this is such a good point. I'm like, I'm really starting to stink my teeth into expectations for the actual draft. And this is way too early given the NFL draft has not yet happened. Those roster jockeying positions haven't yet been sorted out from training camp, but it's a really nice time to start thinking of where you're going to be able to get maybe those tier two, tier three positions that have the upside of jumping into that tier one category. Trav, you helped me with this last year in the wide receiver spots. And, you know, I was driving at the one, one turn and you helped me get really comfortable with taking one of those tight ends, Kittle or Kelsey at that turn, because while there might be a, like a tier two wide receiver that you're into, you know, last year that might've been like a Mike Evans, mm-hmm. for instance, um, those top five, the Tyree kills, the Devonte Adams, those guys were gone. And you were saying that there are guys who have 
less required capital to pick up, but just as much upside later on in like that fourth, fifth, sixth round turn with your like your DJ Moores and your Terry McLaurins and um, guys of that category. You help me really much in these in these mock drafts see like where those pockets of players can kind of be. And I'm wondering if you're starting to see anything develop now with the mock drafts that we've done where you can start to say like, you know, I'm, I'm fading actually running backs early because I like who we've got later on. Or, or is it, you know, no, like I'm really struggling with finding running backs I'm actually happy with later on right now. Is there any, is there any clarity in the tea leads you're starting to see right now, Travi? Um, just a, a little bit. I think we're just seeing it kind of the first two rounds are very running back heavy this year, and maybe even the first three. And I, I'm, I think it's valid. I think it'll shake out more that way as we get closer. Mm-hmm. Even too, there's going to be a lot still to happen with the rookies landing wherever they're going to land, and then we're going to know situations based on rookies and wide receivers. Um, and we're going to deal with what we're dealing with now, as we talked about last week. The wide receivers, the rookie class last year was so good that the rookies wide receivers this year are, are being infatuated over. Um, and so we're going to see how that Inflation, adjusts. Baby. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see how that adjusts as well. So there are some things that still shake out, but I do think the common theme will be very similar to last year, Austin, where you had a couple rounds and I think even more depth at running back this year than you had last year, especially with that second-year group of rookies. I'm talking Cam Akers, uh, the sophomores Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. All those guys are going to float around, which makes that top of the draft very heavy and saturated with running backs. And then we're going to have rounds three through seven, like I was talking about, be full of wide receiver play that you can do there. Um, but I think you know there's still some stuff to shake out with that, but I think it'll be very similar to last year in that way. You know what you have to do? Buy the draft. No, buy the draft dip, dude. Buy the draft kit. That's right. No, buy the draft. The draft dip, dude. That too. Oh, well, yeah. Buy it all. Buy the draft kit, dude. Yeah, I'll tell you about the buy the draft dip. Man, I like that, but that's going to get a little confusing with buy the draft kit too. (laughs) That's playing with loop. Buy the dip. Buy the dip. Oh, we got uh, Jay the plug uh, stopping by. Darius Rice in here. Uh, we got Those some nation strong. Yeah. And then uh, the FB therapist saying by this time, all my super flex leagues have at least 10 to 15 quarterbacks off the board. Always tough to gauge these mocks. Yeah. Uh, and then snap saying exactly. And also on the other side with it, it's like if you go into your actual draft thinking, you know, what's going to happen in that draft, like enjoy the disappointment. Hey, you it can't is, mock this. You can't mock this league, dude. You can't yeah. mock this league. You can't mock your league. You can't mock any league because when it happens in real time, motions are wild and they are such a powerful factor. And it doesn't matter what your strategy is when your favorite player then is around and they shouldn't be like, goodbye plan. We're throwing that out the window. Hello, favorite player. You're now mine forever. It gets really emotional. It gets weird. And, uh, that's why you just got to keep mocking. Get used to your guy being sniped. Get used to what you wanted to have or expected to happen. Not go that way. And then Johnny said, "Be like water." And a thing. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing, dude. And speaking of ain't no thing, let's see the rest of the players that have been taken off this board here in our mock draft. We let off with Johnny's selection of George Kittle there in the fourth round, fourth pick of that fourth round. Dave Montgomery came off 
after next, followed by Chris Carson, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Najee Harris. Kyler Murray started the fifth round, followed by Allen Robinson, Melvin Gordon, C.D. Lamb, Lamar Jackson, Darren Waller, Kenny Galladay, Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne, Chris Godwin. Sixth round started off with the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, followed by Amari Cooper. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, T. Higgins, Robert Woods, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster then started the seventh round. Saw Leonard Fournette gone, and Big Trabby took him. Cortland Sutton's gone as well. Jalen Hurts, the fourth pick of the seventh round, and Raheem Mostert by the Cats Pajamas. Got Easy Daddy making his pick game time following here. So, Trabby, you took your first quarterback there, Matt Stafford. You like him in the Los Angeles Rams uniform this year? Yeah, I was talking. We would, we did a little uh, feature on our Patreon page uh, for um, the Fantasy Take Five. So if you guys aren't subscribed to Patreon, make sure you check that out. We're putting that out every week. And one of the topics was this California uh, offense, this California dream in the Los Angeles Rams offense. Uh, what Stafford's going to put to the table there? Look, this is a guy that has been a top five quarterback with less weapons and mm-hmm. worse play calling in his career. And so I just really love the upside of Matthew Stafford now. This is not exactly who I wanted to take. We did have a run at quarterback, um, but this was a guy who I thought if I could take him now, he'd be a nice anchor, should get a ton of yardage over there in L.A. The offensive line isn't great, um, but it was good enough to get Goff, you know, quasi uh, top 12 numbers over the last couple of years. And so I think with that, um, with Stafford's ability, with Sean McVay coming in, I, I think it's going to be a good it's going to be a good call here to go with Matt Stafford in a lot of leagues. this Dude, year. I'm just personally so excited to see what Matt Stafford is able to pull off. It's not even from a fantasy football angle. It's like Matt Stafford is 33 years old for a quarterback. That's really not that concerning, especially when he's got the heart and the drive that someone like Matt Stafford does, which I feel is always overshadowed by the train wreck that is Detroit. I mean, this is a team that has as many NFC North titles as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. NFC North titles, not just titles in general. The Lions have like made the playoffs like as many times as you have listener. It's just like, it's garbage. <laughs> it is just, it's just like, you know, coaching carousel always. It's like, it's the Bermuda triangle of the NFL and Matt Stafford's entire career and ability, this 5,000 yard passing machine who you just, you just overshadow it. And I'm excited to almost like have the mask come off and see who Matt Stafford really is. Sean McVay does such an amazing job of bringing his players' strengths to the forefront. It's showtime in LA and we get a lot of highlights, get a lot of attention, a lot of airtime. I think Matt Stafford deserves that. I think he's going to even be better. I'm not, I'm not surprised to see Matt Stafford's best season of his career. It looks like he has the drive. He's got a better set of weapons than he's had in a really long time. And I think he's got a coach who can make the most of it, which is going to be a first time for him ever. I think that's the marriage I'm most excited about is Sean McVay's mind as a play caller with Matt Stafford's experience as a as a signal caller. And um, so I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited about that together. Now, whether that equates to top 10, top eight uh, QB numbers, I hope so, based on this mock draft. But we'll. Uh, That'll be remain to see. Stepmom Lauren, I don't want to talk about Stafford with that team. Ugh. Gives <laughs> us the eye roll emoji. She is from the St. Louis area. Uh, so she has some bitterness towards the Los Angeles Rams because they left St. Louis mm. and went to LA. So I'm sure um, you know, and I, I also know that Stafford was a popular pick. I, I can't remember if Stepmom Lauren liked him last year, but I was he was definitely a guy I liked. I know Johnny liked him a lot, um, mm-hmm. was his bromance last year because he the game or the the year prior was on pace to be QB four in the eight games that he played. So uh, we really liked him coming into last year. I really got to like him coming into this year, just with all those weapons and with that play calling. 
Yeah, he's definitely looking forward to him. And honestly, it's it's one of those weird situations where Goff over in Detroit, you know, it's it, – So it, here's, here's something that's wild that they're – so the draft is in 17, 16 days, 16 days. And there are – there's a ton of rumors flying around, of course, like there always are. Um and the the latest, the way it's kind of projecting out, is that the best offensive lineman uh, in the draft is could be available for Detroit at seven, which would be kind of un like everyone is saying that basically the Bengals should take him, uh, but the Bengals really want to get, or at least uh, they really want to get uh, Jamar Chase, right? And so if all of a sudden, like the uh, Lions had a top 12 offensive line, and then now you're getting them the best offensive line men in the draft. That could be that could be really good. And then all of a sudden, it's like you have some. I mean, I'm not saying Jared Goff is like a, a world beater. Like, I'm not going to say that. Gonna say here, but but, I, but I, I, I will say that maybe like there are some pieces there and then that would be kind of. Good for Detroit, you know. Maybe they have some upside coming, you know. Hopefully, I hope so. It would be great for. I'll tell you who would be great for. You already know who would be great for, DeAndre Swift. If they can, if they can I, get, we all, some, dude. DeAndre Swift is going to be an absolute monster as long as his brain cells stay working the way they need to. It's going to yeah. be the concussion injury. Like we, I think he's fine now. I wonder. I do want to follow up on uh, some stories. See how it, I think it did get kind of way blown out of proportion because of Adrian Peterson trying to stick around the a- NFL a little bit longer. Yeah, AP uh, dude was trying to. So uh, I think it know, got man. way blown right. out of proportion. I need more here. snaps. Yeah, he was and like, Jamal Williams over there is no. It's, I like it. I really like. I like Jamal. Jamal Williams like the best backup running back you could ever have. The dude like never fumbles. He gives great quotes. He just does his job, and he's not actually good enough to take the starter's role away. So I, I think Jamal Williams over there could be fine, but yeah. we'll see how the rest of this this whole one breaks down. I, I'm excited to see Detroit and L.A. It's one of the storylines I'm definitely looking forward to follow. Um, and speaking of Johnny's pick here, we left off with him last time where he had taken G.J. Chark at the seventh pick in the seventh round, got his boy there, Tyler Lockett to follow, Kenyon Drake. And Joe Burrow there closed out the 10th round, pairing up Aaron Rodgers with Joe Burrow for Diamond Mike USA as his two quarterbacks. Ronald Jones gone, first pick in the eighth, followed by Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, Javante Williams, Baker Mayfield, Deontay Johnson, Mark Andrews, Brandon Ayuk, Ryan Tannehill, and tight end Kyle Pitts, taken by Saturday McSnap here. And that closes out the eighth round. Johnny, you said a lot of words about Kyle Pitts, trying to throw a lot of smoke and mirrors in the, in the group chat in our dynasty league. Look at that smirk <laughs> that he gets on his face. So uh, he's trying to do all this weird stuff and inflate people's values and deflate people's values. But why hey. don't you tell the listeners right now where you feel about Ooh, Kyle Pitts? Okay, it. first of all, first of all, you have to do this. It's part of the game, all right? You have to let people think – that you don't like him or you do like him. You got to keep them guessing. And 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 then they got to be like, oh, do I need to take it? Do they listen? Here's the reality. Here's I could tell you guys because you're not you're not a part. I don't I don't want to take him. I don't want to take him. <laughs> I want somebody else to take him and make that mistake and waste that first rounder on Kyle Pitts. Now, don't don't get me wrong. 
in dynasty it is a little bit different because uh like you're gonna have him forever and so i do think he's ultimately going to be an awesome uh tight end i just think it's gonna take a while and people are gonna be like oh i should have uh you know maybe taken somebody else instead and so my whole goal is i want to get players pushed down to me because currently right now uh i'm at sitting at 109 draft pick and so I want to get some of those tasty guys down to and juicy guys down to me. And so in order to make that happen, I need Kyle Pitts to go because <laughs> I don't want Kyle Pitts to come to me and have me make the decision on do I take Kyle Pitts 109 or pass on him? Uh, oh, and I got five, four, three, two. Oh, Justin Fields, baby. Let's go. I wasn't. That was dang. It, I did not want to do that. <laughs> Why I knew you why did you guys let me do that? You guys let me rant for a long time. <laughs> exactly. me, hey, you gotta man. do it, man. You gotta hey. do it. This whole hey, listen. Is, this is hey. hey. It's like unbelievable. It's like the sat Lauren uh Sam Lauren coming in. That is exceptional sabotage Johnny uh talking about his you know inflation there. I want to talk a little bit about what FB therapist and Jay have been talking about in the comments here. So uh, FP therapist says thoughts on James Conner potentially going to Arizona. Personally hate it, but would love Edmonds slash a rookie combo. Um, and then Jay coming in. I hope Arizona just gives Edmonds the opportunity, but I think Kingsbury is like Gase when it comes to RBs. Now, those are some harsh words to, to uh, compare Cliff Kingsbury to Adam Gase. Johnny, you uh, are the Cardinals uh, yeah, fan, the resident Cardinals fan. Talk to me a little bit about this. I would not I wouldn't compare Kingsbury to Gase because Kingsbury actually can produce a top 15 running back whereas Adam Gase can't do that. And so I wouldn't put him nearly in that same boat. Um now here's here's what I think. I it, we we released a video last week on the Chase Edmonds calling him a big steal. Uh go check that out if you haven't watched it yet. Um and what I said in that video was that I expect the Cardinals to still go out and get a running back. Who that is, I'm not sure whether it's uh, a veteran or uh, through the draft. I was hoping it would be a later day in the draft. I don't necessarily particularly like it's James Conner. As a Cardinals fan, I'm saying this either because of his injury risk. Like, Chances are you're going to have to pay him a decent amount of money, and uh, he's hasn't played full 16 games. Now, that's good news for Chase Edmonds, and I think that ultimately this boils down to good news for Chase Edmonds because, one, it's going to keep his draft value down, right? Because uh, people are going to say, oh, is this going to be a 50-50 timeshare? All of that stuff. Uh, I would also like to see ultimately it would come down to the contract, seeing what that kind of indicates. But here's the big thing. They have to see what they have in Chase Edmonds this year. And that's why I ultimately think it, it is Chase Edmonds show uh, that whoever they're bringing in is ultimately going to be like that second guy, at least for this year or at least for the first few games to see, hey, does Chase Edmonds really have it? Or do we need to go in a different direction? Do we need to give it uh, more workload to James Conner? And so it is going to be a gamble, uh, but I do think that Chase Edmonds has the talent, and this is going to keep his his draft stock down. Um, But, of course, we would like to say, hey, uh, you know, Chase is the only guy, and we'd like the Cardinals not to take a, a running back in the draft, but we know that they were going to add somebody. It was just whether or not what's the cost and you know, who's to say like James Connor still has not signed. So um, I have not checked my resources yet to see if uh, what you know, the was, likelihood could, uh, go ahead. I'm wondering, I'm wondering what do we really think is the highest upside here for Chase Edmonds? Cause when I hear this talk of James Connor coming over, I'm really starting to get a feel for James Connor the way I am 
about a player like a Jordan Howard or like a Carlos Hyde, a guy who had like a year or two who looked mm-hmm. really good, like they could be maybe a franchise-type bell cow, gritty, got cuts, got a good move or two, can rely on. Good story. And then, good and a great story, right? Yeah. And has a good year. So you see that it can happen. And then, you know, they start having these lingering issues. There's competition that comes behind. They have a bad game. All of a sudden, you're just starting to get a little bit more attracted to considering a mystery box. You're like, yeah, we got our boy James Conner. Yeah, we got our boy Carlos Hyde. Yeah, we got our boy Jordan Howard. But you're like, but maybe we got a guy who, like, did you see what he could do? Maybe we'll just give him a shot. Maybe we'll just give him a couple snaps just to see what they're about. Because you know what James Conner is about at this point, right? And you kind of want to see some of that new news and maybe something that can take you to the next level. Yeah, you want somebody who's going to cover your blind spots and fill in the cracks. But you also want someone who can elevate you. And I don't know if James Conner is being looked to as a guy who can elevate your ball club. Um, but I'm wondering, is Chase Edmonds also? Is Chase Edmonds actually somebody who's now what coming into his fourth year? Is this somebody who's just never been really given a shot to shine? Or is this somebody who, you know, does what they do and they're kind of more appropriately placed than we've been giving them credit for? And, and in a right situation, yeah, they could have a huge fantasy impact, but it would really take a, an optimal situation put together for that to happen. There's some, uh, some glorification of the couple games that he had, or at least the one game against New York, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago. Or I was at that game. Yeah, Johnny went to that game where he just torched the Giants. Um, and I think and watched him on been, my bench of my team. <laughs> I think people have kind of been living on that uh, hope and prayer for him. I'm not saying he can't get there. I think his upside is top. 10. Whoa, whoa, I, I whoa! Really he, do. He proved I, last year too. I mean, he has some juice, but he still wasn't like blowing the doors off anyone. Chase Edmonds. What do you mean? Last year, oh my goodness! Chase Edmonds broke a hundred yards last year zero times. Chase Edmonds broke 90 yards, zero times, 80 yards, zero times, 75 yards, zero times. Chase, the most amount of rushing yards Chase Edmonds picked was, up was 70 yards last year. That's horrible. That's horrible to – 25 touches, got 70 yards. That was the most amount of touch. That was the only time he got double-digit. You know, he got, he got double-digit yeah. touches twice. And 70 yards was his most amount, was his number one, was his most yards he got all season. I'm just saying, like, we're, we're buying the hype off of that, that basically that one game. Now, he did have advanced metrics that were good. He was elusive. I, I'll give you that. Like, he, he looked better, the eye test, for sure, than, than Drake. And I thought he should have gotten more work, and I think he should get more work. I'm, I'm a big fan of Chase Edmonds. I just think um, part of fantasy happens as we get kind of – we get a little high off of uh, some opportunity we saw a little bit ago, and then it's like we keep making the case off of that one thing. Do we? Is this? Uh, is this going to? Is this? But I, I do think one to game. Austin's point. I, I do think to Austin's point, like Connor. I don't. I'm not sold enough on James Connor over the last couple of years to think that this is so detrimental to Edmonds, though. Either, you know, I no. think that I think that Connor coming in could actually, like to to Johnny's point, could benefit Edmonds and benefit the ADP in a big way. And so then you're sitting with a situation where. You know, Edmonds is a breakout candidate because he's so low in ADP than, you know, some of the other guys that have similar situations. You know, I think about David Montgomery. Now, David Montgomery has a track record better than uh, uh, Chase Edmonds last year because obviously he finished the year, you know, as a top five back. And so he did it. But, you know, David Montgomery is going to have Tariq Cohen back healthy. He's going to have Damian Williams now in the in the lineup. And so Montgomery is going to have a similar situation if, if, if the Cardinals were to bring in Connor, where we're going like, okay, well, where do we properly put David Montgomery? And where did he go in this draft? The third round? 
I can't. Um, fourth round in this one. Four, five. Fourth round. So, but then you have Chase Edmonds going in the seventh round. I think those should probably be closer, you know, mm. just given situation. Um, he, but, uh, yeah, the, so that's just. He had, he played one game last year. Uh, Kenyon Drake, or I mean, sorry, not, uh, Chase Edmonds played one game where Kenyon Drake was not uh, a part of the major game plan or because he was injured. And Chase Edmonds uh, had 25 carries for 88 yards, and that was against Miami. And Miami had a top three defense or top five defense. So, like, he can he can do it when he's given the chance. He's just never been given the opportunity. And like Travis said, his metrics have, have shown that he's capable of being uh, very elusive and very um, good for fantasy running back. He just has never been given that opportunity to do so. And just, that 88 yards did include his – Air yards too. We had 18 passing yards and 70 rushing yards in that game. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it went, it yeah total yards, 80, yeah. 88, because he, he would be a three down running back. So he really had 25 eight. carries for 70 yards. It was 2.8. But I, I think we're getting beyond the point. I think we all I like, don't care how many rushing it, yards he has, how many total yards can he get? It, it, like, I'm just saying, I'm, put in like, the three, the three receptions well, he got. You can't okay. get to total yards without rushing yeah. yards, Johnny. Like, right? That's I understand how that, works. that, but but okay. you, they, the points count. The, the points count. Like, if if they receive the yards or they get the yards through on the ground, I don't care. We're that not. It, talking, it doesn't yeah, matter. I, I get it. I think the the initial debate of this question was: Is Edmonds good enough to be the guy? And I think that's where we were debating here is it's 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 a valid debate to ask if he could be the guy. If he, you know, Kingsbury's coming in the in, into the media and saying he can be the guy. They let I mean, they didn't let Kenyon Drake walk like Kenyon Drake chose to walk. But I think they could have aggressively pursued him a little more. And to me, it seems like a James Conner pickup to me. And you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Johnny, seems like a Kenyon Drake light signing. Like they are just trying to get a a cheaper uh, different version of Kenyon Drake, and I think that they'll probably give Edmonds more work this year than they did last year. I don't I'll know. I don't know. To... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, new questions come out. We'll get a lot of these answer, questions answered when we see some football work going. We we'll see the draft that comes in. Shockers happen all the time. I do have another real question though for it because that was a real question for me about Chase Edmonds and like how much juice am I feeling from him? I want to ask you guys about Houston. Travis, you brought up David Johnson this year. We, Johnny and I were major, major buyers on David Johnson last year based on the role. We thought he had enough gas in the tank to produce. Uh, we didn't think he was going to blow anyone away, but we thought the role on the team and the desire of Bill O'Brien to play him was going to be enough to make him fantasy relevant, which it was. He was the number 19 RB overall in standard, and I'd say even more importantly, he finished the year very, very strong in PPR formats. Uh, 21 points, 28 points, 23 points in his final three games. That was really, really nice if you had RB him in the playoffs. In both in both uh, standard and PPR last year. How about that, right? But this year, we know we got another year of age. Uh, he didn't look great. He's 29. He'll be 30, turning. And they brought in some more players over there. Uh, Johnny, this year, you were so on point. You Well, I know you're getting ready to make a selection here, so I'll, I'll make my wind-up here a little bit longer. Well, you know you make your pick, but um, – I, I genuinely want to hear both of your intakes, your, your takes on this one. But David Johnson, is he still the favorite to be that lead dog or with the other players that they brought into the mix, with the regression, with the new coaching staff? 
how are we looking at Houston right now? Maybe I'll ask Travis right now while Johnny's getting ready to make his selection. What do you think about Houston right now, Travis? I just think there's too many things that are going against a repeat performance for David Johnson to be an RB2 again. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not going where he was going last year, so that's nice. He's going way later, so you could definitely take your shot at him. Um, But I don't know why you would take your shot at him if you you think he has the most upside. If you're talking about Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and is Duke Johnson still with them? No, they, they re- released him. They Duke released is him gone. Oh, who's at the Cleon first? So yeah. Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, all involved in Houston. So the pie gets smaller potentially for David Johnson. The offensive line has its issues. It's had its issues for years now. We have no idea who's going to be at quarterback. We have a brand new coaching staff. Uh, we have a defense that's got even more depleted based on uh, players leaving. Uh, I just don't see a situation where I want really any of these guys. And I'm thinking the breakout guy and my, you know, my lottery ticket running back is sitting in that Houston backfield. Um, It's just it to me, it just does not seem there. Now I've been wrong on that kind of stance before. That was my exact stance on Jacksonville last year. I did not want a piece of Jacksonville's backfield. I thought it stunk to high heaven. And here we are with James Robinson being a top 10 back uh, towards the end of last year. So it can go both ways. I just like you were talking about at the top of the show, Austin, investing in systems and players in the right systems. And I think this is just a system I'm, I want to avoid. I would say Philip Lindsay right now is my most exciting player over there. That dude's got plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's got the least amount of tread compared to Ingram and Johnson. And I'm just not surprised if he ends up catching some favor with the coaching staff, just plays really, really hard, almost the way that Devontae Freeman played really, really hard that year in Atlanta when he was a top back. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. But to your point there, like, it's so hard to pick. Johnny, are we off on any of that? I I want to touch on some other backfields, too, including Atlanta. Again, but is there anybody yeah, who's standing out to you in Houston or is it just like wait and see? I would still roll D, uh, David Johnson. David Johnson still be your, your guy you'd want yeah. to take? Yeah. It's kind of wild. He went, oh, I didn't even notice this. When David Johnson and then Philip Lindsay, almost back to back in the mock draft. So, yeah, I would I would take David okay. Johnson too, but I'm not surprised if it's Philip Lindsay. What do you guys think about over in Atlanta? You know, I think is Todd Gurley still technically on the squad, but he got demoted to like cheerleader. And then it's it's Edo Smith and Mike Davis is now over there. Is, does he have a real I, shot I at being Atlanta's top back? I don't uh, let me I'm unless I, I missed they, it. Did they did they re-sign him? I don't, I don't think they, they did. It's not that they it's not that they I don't think they cut him. He was already under contract. Gurley? Because he was still under his LA contract. Oh, right? that's right. They're gonna pay him like hundred million. No, no, no. He got he got, he got cut. cut out. No, he got cut, yeah, he got... and then they signed him a one year deal for five million. He's a free agent right now. Oh snap! Oh, okay. Right. I thought he was still with them. Let me see. It says um, two months ago, Gurley expressed optimism Wednesday about what his role might look like under new Falcons coach Arthur Smith if he were to return to Atlanta in twenty twenty one. So interesting. We'll see. We'll see what where might on. Todd Gurley sign before the NFL draft? TBS. So I think he, he, yeah, he is, he is still, he's a free agent. So it looks like they did not pick him up. Dude, that um, one's going to be gone so fast. We were talking, like, he's, it's so wild how fast the turnover can happen. He's going to be a remember when, like, and I feel awful. What, and more that. like of what could have been, you know? At least we got to see him get, like, he got so much more shelf life. Like, he just got to keep it going this last year in Atlanta, even all the goal line touches he was awarded, like, Good for you, Todd. Like, 
Man, but yeah, you're right, Johnny. Like he was on pace to be. Well, there so... we go, Johnny. What if what if Todd Gurley goes to the Cardinals, man? You get Todd Gurley in there. Oh, if you get <laughs> Todd Gurley, you, get know, you know nobody would get like his his draft stock would go sky high because people would be like, oh, there's nothing to worry about here. <laughs> or you get like Todd Gurley uh, over there with your boy uh, DeAndre Swift in Detroit, man. Uh, why are you trying to cast <laughs> that nasty juju on him? Like, why? Because your uh, reaction is gold. It's so I just I have it's to once I, no, once I put it in there. I just know it gets you going, man. That's it's. Like, it's provocative. No, it's, it's not. It's just hideous. <laughs> it's it's cringeworthy. It gets the people. It's no, it's not. It all worked out so good. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, because it, it's because we it have fun here. We have we, fun we, we here, like to have you know? fun. Listen, Detroit is under a new regime now. Uh, uh-huh. They're they're under. They want to win. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So listen, I I know you guys are threatened over there because you get they got oh, a new, yeah. Detroit has Packers a new head fans, coach. Shake, that, yeah. You guys we're, are we're shaking in our cheese fields. I could sense <laughs> it, dude. Detroit I could sense Lions it. Detroit Lions care now. Oh, I could back to back NFC championships, rating MVP, best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, we're so scared. Hey, Maybe DeAndre I, Swift is going to be seventy percent of what Aaron Jones was in his worst season oh i was super scared I, I get it dude dude look fantasy football therapist adding to some of that anxiety johnny geo bernard to the bucks haha ha. what if that happened yeah we'll start there's no anxiety there dude there's no that <laughs> he's washed up dude that's there's a reason why he got released man uh, yeah. not worried right. yeah, it's like i wouldn't that. be worried if todd Gurley went to detroit because there's we'll see nothing there nothing one. to see folks I'm hoping we get that reunited. You know, Adrian Peterson goes to Detroit again. I, I know you would like to see that because you guys are you guys are wanting Detroit to stay in the bottom. Look, I don't pits, spend a lot of time scared not, of any NFC North uh, division rival, but if there was one, it would not be Detroit. Uh, it would probably it would probably be Minnesota, dude. If Watch. Detroit was actually good, the Bears, the Vikings, and the line the the Bears, Vikings, and Packers would just like. Yeah, we're not even upset. It's like, look, it's been like a we'll hundred years. Give it up years. to you this time. Yeah, good job. Like, good job. Like, we thought you were going to be killing yourself soon. Like, we're just happy that you're just like existing and back here and coming forward. So, like, that's great. We want to see that. We like to have fun here. So, yeah, working our way through it here, getting into coming the, down to the, the end dog, of the rounds, the here. dog days rounds. Yeah. What do you think about Atlanta? Is there any insights that we should be keeping an eye out for? Oh, because yeah. this is going to be a productive freaking team. It always is. Matt Ryan knows how to at least put scoreboard points up. Oh. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are going to look like bouses. Like they've got it. I would Hayden have Hurts to believe. Good. Yeah, yeah the running back there is going to be good. Who is it though? I have to believe they're going to do something in the draft. I think they're going to bring a guy mm. in. Now, Mike Davis is going to be good if they can't land a guy or a guy doesn't work out. He's going to step in as a classic journeyman, an underrated you know, veteran that will yeah. get you fantasy points. Um, but I have to believe they're doing something in the draft, um, whether that's Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, or something, uh, yeah. maybe even Javante Williams later. I would like any of those guys to land in Atlanta because, as you said, Austin, like we had Todd Gurley be serviceable at times last year just on based on plunging into the end zone. Yeah. And then the year before, Devonta Freeman, you know, with on fumes, was yeah. still getting great volume. Um, so that's that's there's no lie there. And then you see Arthur Smith coming over, who just did, you know, is the new head coach who just had Derrick Henry for a couple of years. You think he doesn't value a running game? Like he knows what to do with a running game. So I think there's some things there that are working. And, and I think you're right. We need to pay close attention. But I just don't think they're done yet uh, building that backfield uh, up. 
No, that's a sneaky one for me. I think just keep an eye on Atlanta. It's one of those things where it's almost like you think in New England, for instance, oh, who's the running back there? But they have just such a history of grabbing anybody they want and signing anybody from the concession stand and like it doesn't even matter. But Atlanta's on the other hand, like even if Atlanta plays a committee back approach, like they got nothing against fantasy players. And there really could be a super sleeper in the Atlanta backfields. I just just keep an eye on. Just keep an eye on that. Um and speaking of New England, Johnny, do you think Damien Harris is somebody to target this year? Or is it still just Billatrex all the time? Yeah, possibly. We'll see what they do in the draft. I mean, I don't like the information like that they've been trying to go after all these running backs. Like they were yeah. trying to go after Uncle Lenny. They were trying. And it's like uh, that makes me a little bit concerned. Um, but they did bring back James White, uh, and so I mean, Damian Harris looked good. That's the thing. Is, right, he did. He there's really always good. these question marks with these that these running backs, and it's like I mean, we've been asking ourselves about Sony Michelle for the last like three years. Well. Last year, we didn't really say anything about him, but like two years ago, we were asking, and three he years ago, bad, we were asking. Even in some games last year, too. Yeah, and so, um, I mean, if I'm going to take a stab, I, he's going in the 11th round of this. It's not bad. I mean, it's going where David Johnson is. Realistically, I think Damian probably does have the higher ceiling if he's given the actual opportunity because I trust in that offense a little bit more. I don't expect Deshaun Watson to play this year, and so I, I do expect, um, that that seemed to be a real dumpster fire. There there are rumors that Teddy Bridgewater could be going there. Um, it's wild. It is wild. As is our another mock draft has come to an end, boys. We got our yeah, mock yeah. draft here, Super Flex. It is in the books, 14 rounds up, 14 rounds down. Now we're going to get into our draft grades after Johnny and Travis have a second to break down their squads, let you behind the curtain a little bit, tell you what they were thinking and why they were thinking it. Uh, let us know who you think did a better job, Whisper Nation. Let us know if Travi or Johnny Game Time Hicks here had the superior draft, and uh, then we'll go through and take a look at everybody else's teams on this one. Big Travi, you want to give us a start? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so I started with Dalvin Cook. Um, this is just kind of a no-brainer for me. It's either, you know, whatever your preference is at the top. So sometimes I'll just kind of dabble between the two when I'm up here. But love Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's not really a better playmaker in the NFL right now than Dalvin Cook, or at least he's up there with the top ones. Michael Thomas, I still continue to think this is such a value to get Michael Thomas, especially in a PPR league, towards the end of the second. Um, then I got, went with Austin Eckler, another PPR monster. And then I wanted to build out the rest of my wide receiving core with Mike Evans and Allen Robinson, two main veins of their offenses. Uh, and I really thought that Mike Evans started to turn it on with Brady down the stretch last year. So I'm excited to see what they can do in year two together. Uh, then the, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't out uh, completely on quarterback. So I went with a guy who I think has the upside to get in there uh, into the top six, top five. And that's Matt Stafford, just based on his volume before and what the Rams are able to do uh, calling plays. Went with Leonard Fournette for a bench depth piece, uh, especially if, if Johnny's right on the number and it's going to be a Fournette year, especially with him coming back. Uh, I, I love that you get him in like the seventh round. Um, and then Ryan Tannehill as my second quarterback. I think this was a steal here. I think Ryan Tannehill continues to do great things without Adam Gase um, and in that t- Titans offense. 
Brandon Cooks, regardless of what you think of what's going on with Deshaun Watson or anything else, Brandon Cooks is now set up to be the only guy pretty much in Houston. And if this is a team that is as bad as we think, regardless of who quarterback is, Brandon Cooks should get the volume as far as targets are concerned. Um, so I think in a PPR league, I, I was excited to get him there. Same with Tyler Boyd, who I think with A.J. Green gone, him and T. Higgins are going to eat in that offense as a team that's going to have to throw a lot to stay in games. He's always been a good PPR play. And then Miles Gaskin, uh, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, just some upside tight ends that I could take later. Um, and then Alexander Madison uh, was a steal to get him in the 14th round um, uh, to really lock up Dalvin Cook, one of the higher uh, upside uh, uh, handcuffs that there are in the game. So that's kind of what I was doing there. Um, I, I, I don't mind this team. Once again, I'm not super familiar with Superflex, but I think uh, I didn't wind up uh, selling myself too short with this team. Oh, I don't. I don't know where Austin's camera went. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, you, you feel you feeling all right? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I thought I was going to hate it a little more waiting that uh, that long. I should say long on quarterback, just mm-hmm. because we had so many you know quarterbacks selected before I was able to go. And taking Matt Stafford as my first quarterback was never the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up. I think you know. I think Tannehill and Stafford are going to get it done for me. And I think I really built a nice core of other pieces around them. All right. Uh, all right, I'll break down my team here uh, real quick. Got uh, I had the 107 spot. I took Derrick Henry. Whoops, I saw Travis up there. Uh, I, I took 107, I took Derrick Henry. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins through the first two rounds. I took took James Robinson in the third. He fell to me in the third. I, I, I like that one. Uh, I was looking for him actually in the second round, and then I was going between Hopkins. I kind of switched off on going uh, a wide receiver in the second round to switch it. And then, uh, as we all know, George Kittle in the fourth round uh, took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting to take George Kittle there. Um, But sometimes you just look at the value and you see how it pans out. Um, And so I took him in the fourth round. Kenny Galladay in the fifth. I like I'm actually a fan of what the Giants did with Kenny G and uh, trading for him. Uh, And then Justin Herbert in the sixth. He was kind of like that last quarterback uh, that I thought before the tier kind of broke off a little bit. that I got at least one of those solid quarterbacks. DJ Chark in the seventh, just stacking up some more wide receiver depth. Javante Williams, big fan. I know we don't know where he's going, but I do uh, project him as a top three or top four running back in this draft class. So I do like him. Justin Fields in the ninth. I didn't, this was kind of like a spur the second kind of pick, but Justin Fields is very intriguing to me. I think he has tremendous high upside, especially depending on what kind of offense he goes to. Um, But he would not be like my starter, which is why I needed, I knew I needed to get another running back at least to start the season off or sorry, another quarterback to start the season off. So a couple rounds later, I did grab Jameis Winston. Um, I like that pairing in uh, and with the Saints. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he can maybe do there uh, with Sean Payton. Uh, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, my two wide receivers I grabbed in the 10th and 11th. Chubba Hubbard and Zach Moss were the two running backs I took a stab out at the end. Um, I do like going for these rookie running backs later in drafts if I can. So that's why I kind of jumped up there and grabbed those guys. But uh, overall, I I wasn't like super proud of this. Uh, But like we said, the two quarterback kind of leagues are always a little bit tricky and trying to gauge what you kind of want to do. I don't know if I'd necessarily 
go into uh, the draft uh, with this uh, particular strategy. I might look to try to take a quarterback just a little bit higher and kind of because you can kind of push these wide receivers down a little bit like we were talking about a lot in the show earlier. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it might be worth it to kind of go, yeah, like you said, just a little bit earlier on quarterback. I think that was my takeaway with my team as well. Like I think you could sacrifice one of the wide receivers, um, you know, like Kenny Galladay or something, and then go with a quarterback instead and then probably feeling just a little bit better. But I don't mind mind Herbert's upside. Like that's the guy you want to swing for if you're going to go and and like you've had that run. I think that's that's a fine build. Yeah. All right. We want to break down these teams real quick. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. draft grades. Let's yeah, do them. Right. Awesome. Austin, you, you want to take Mac take here this? to start us off? Yeah, so Mac was in the 1-1 taking Christian McCaffrey. No surprises, no discrepancies there with that selection. And then the second quarterback off the board, Josh Allen, to close out the second round. Um, CEH, Najee Harris, is another couple of running backs he picked up there. High upside on both of those players. I'm a big CEH fan coming into his second year also. And then he got to pair Josh Allen up with Kyler Murray. This is such a great upside pairing. It also has floor play to it too. Um, Good luck finding a better stack of quarterbacks. Uh, Then Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster taking a little bit of hit at the wide receiver in terms of the comparing at least the status and pedigree of those players to the rest of his running backs and quarterbacks. But Cooper Cup and Juju Smith-Schuster bring a lot of pop. They bring uh, opportunity. They bring some experience. I like those players there. Kyle Pitts, upside fun play for the tight end spot, taking the rookie. Um, he was taking just a couple of picks there after Mark Andrews, uh, which is, you know, you're buying that and uh, you're excited about could be. Johnny got a few to say about rookie tight ends, but Kyle Pitts we know is special. You know, take your gambles. Like it. Trevor Lawrence then, another gamble at the rookie position, but it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, another extremely, extremely highly touted rookie coming in. Uh, so take your guy if you are buying into that. Jerry, Judy, Will Fuller, and Corey Davis were his 10th, 11th, and 12th selections. Hunter Henry, backup tight end. Love that pickup there. I think he'll do really well in New England. And Kenneth Gainwell there is another running back stash. His strengths here definitely come from quarterback and running back. That's a very nice set of strengths to have if you're coming at a 10-team PPR Superflex squad. And I don't think his wide receivers are anything to laugh at either. They're not necessarily going to strike fear into your hearts. Cooper Cup, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jerry Judy. But uh, you look back at the end of the week, and if those three wide receivers all put up top numbers, you're not surprised there either. I don't think there's any holes. On uh, Max' team, I think that there's a lot of upside as well. I think it's a really well done squad. Um, B plus, honestly, maybe even an A minus. The wide receivers give me some concern, even in a PPR format, especially. But Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, that's like could be two elites. And then Christian McCaffrey, Ceh, Najee Harris, and Kenneth Gainwell could be just so solid at the running back position. And Kyle Pitts and Hunter Henry is a great tight end stack, and you didn't have to break the bank to make that happen. So I, I feel really comfortable with a strong, strong B-plus rating here for Mac. I think it was a well-done draft. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this team. I, I like what you said there about the quarterbacks. Like, that stack probably wins him a lot of games just based on that stack alone, like those yeah. two quarterbacks. All right, I'm going to 
move us along here with the fantasy football, the FB therapist. Uh, man, this is a team actually after Johnny's heart. This has got Patrick Mahomes, DeAndre Swift, even sniped Melvin Gordon for him. From him, I think that Johnny actually probably should have given this grade, but then it would probably be an automatic A. No, I think this team's a great build. I think Mahomes, uh, those two second-year guys with Akers and, and DeAndre Swift, then he, he took uh, Keenan Allen before I could take him. I wanted Keenan Allen instead of Mike Evans, so uh, he sniped me as well as Johnny. We talked about Melvin Gordon there. Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think that all of these wide receivers are just great swings here. Robert Woods with Matt Stafford excites me. Cortland Sutton back healthy excites me. We know that his past has shown he doesn't really need a quarterback to succeed. Um, he needs a quarterback to throw him the ball, but not a great quarterback is what I mean. And then Brandon Ayuk, we just talked about Brandon Ayuk, uh, I believe, last week, second-year wide receivers. If you missed that, check it out on the channel. Um but a lot of excitement for Brandon Ayuk as well. And then Tom Brady is your second quarterback. I think that's fine, uh, especially in a super flex league. He was heating it up down the stretch like we talked about uh, him and Mike Evans got going. TJ Hawkinson, I think that's a great pickup here. He's kind of getting slept on with Stafford leaving town. But Jared Goff can still sling the rock. He's just not Matt Stafford. So uh, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, just some depth pieces there. Marvin Jones, another depth piece. And then Mike Kosicki with some nice upside as his second tight end. I think this team is great. I, I really don't see any holes especially within the starting lineup um i think it's it's i i I just don't have any holes i don't i I mean other than maybe running back depth but melvin gordon is a nice you know depth piece there and you're starting only two running backs probably um so i think this is an a for me it's just a flat a this is kind of what the fb therapist does two quarterbacks uh huge upside with mahomes it's kind of it's a little bit surprising not if i didn't know it was fb therapist but it's a little bit surprising you could take mahomes in the first round and end up with a team this good i'm I'm really excited about this squad yeah this this team is dynamite the Brandon Ayuk pick I love so much, and maybe I'm just really high on the upside of Brandon Ayuk, but I think that he's got the ability to be a weak winner. He's one of those guys who would like, look at how many 20-point games Brandon Ayuk had at the end of the season. Like, yeah, he might have had some, you know, 55-yard no-touchdown games, but then it's like 160 yards and two touchdowns. Like, I'm personally just not surprised if I see a couple of those from Brandon Ayuk right. this season. And pairing that along with Keenan Allen and then the floor of a Robert Woods and the the question mark appeal of a Cortland Sutton. It's just so nice pairing around with those sturdy-ass running backs and then with still the upside down at the bottom. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. All, All right, right, I'm going Mr. to... Seeks here? Yeah. All right, so we have Saquon here uh, at the first first pick in the 104 spot. Then it took Tyree Kill, followed by Dak Prescott in the third, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, and T. Higgins uh, in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Very nice wide receivers there. So he kind of did the anchor strategy that we like to talk about here. Um, And then Jalen Hurts, Mark Andrews. Wow, Mark Andrews in the eighth round. Way to go. Congrats. Uh, Rashad Bateman in the ninth. Jarvis Landry in the 10th. David Johnson in the 11th. Kirk Cousins in the 12th. And then 13th and 14th, he took Tariq Cohen and Daryl Williams. Um, So... Ooh, interesting. Um, I this I love the wide receivers for this team. I even like the the quarterbacks you've got. Tight end Mark Andrews. I think I was surprised you got him so late. That that was a good pick up there. But I'm majorly concerned about your running back position here. Uh, Saquon. I love Saquon, but 
that's a lot like he's coming back. He could start off the season a little bit slow because we generally see that with some of these uh, players coming back from ACL uh, injuries. And so um, you that could be a little bit of concern. And then your second running back is David Johnson, who like I'm a big fan of David Johnson. Uh, I'm probably a bigger fan of David Johnson than most fantasy analysts out there um but that is a little bit uh shaky there um but you've certainly got the wide receiver depth uh in the top half to really win you some weeks um but i would have taken instead of like the ninth and tenth round i would have went a little bit more um dart throws on the running back like maybe grab a mike davis there grab a chubba hubbard there um some of these guys that uh have a little bit more higher upside on the running back position uh, just to kind of sure out your roster. I'm just removing people, moving things around here. Uh, overall, well, like my 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 headphones cut out, and I was like, "Oh, did I lose Johnny or what yeah, happened no, here?" Too, uh, so. I. I actually just clicked myself to be removed from the stream, uh, but we're all right. We're back. We're good. Uh, I would give this one a B. I would give it maybe a B minus. Yeah. I think somewhere in there, just it's, because the running back is so thin and like. It is funny though that this is a team that you like. You are scared to death of his running back depth, but it's, you're not surprised that this team's rocking other teams just because of all the upside around it. Oh, this is um, definitely one of those teams where you're you're in the season and you're like they're sitting that yeah like the four spot and you're like yeah dude the, the, if anything happens like this he's going out of here but. Yeah, it's a, such a scary team, but it's like a team filled with ghosts. And it's like, is it real or is it not? If it's this real, is, you're dead. But if it's not, it's just mirages <laughs> no, no, and just like running through those ghosts. You know who this is? This is a Brett Johnson team. This I is was a Brett Johnson that, team dude. right here. Yeah. And yeah. this is what pans out and works for him. And it ends yeah. up like working out. It, so right, like the, the whole point, too, like you talked about, obviously, Saquon coming back, Dax coming back. That's a little bit shaky. Jalen Hurts, yeah, has top 10 upside, but still second year, barely any playing time last year. Um, this is a team uh, that scares Lamar the Lamar have a whole lot of you. playing time? Didn't scare him away from being the MVP. No, but as you know, Lamar Jackson's an MVP type player. Are you saying Jalen Hurts? And is Jalen Hurts has the yes, he has the same pedigree. He went right. to the he difference was, is that they like him a lot in Baltimore. I don't know how they feel about Jalen. I mean, Hurt. did but hold on, hold on. They did they at that time you put yourself in Jalen Hurts' shoes uh, or the same timeline, and it was very similar. Lamar wasn't sold as far as being an because he was very very inaccurate. Yeah. All he did was run. Go look, yeah. back. Go look back. I don't, I don't care about that. It's, it's a moot point. It plays. It doesn't have anything to do with the situation here because Doug Peterson is gone. Doug Peterson is the one who's overseeing the shots about uh, Jalen Hurts. He made all the calls, and now they're saying there's going to be a quarterback competition at the, at that position. Uh, John Harbaugh never ushered in any of that kind of conversation for Lamar Jackson. He who came in at the end of his rookie who, year. They built said the there's going to be a quarterback. What other quarterback the is MVP? there? What other quarterback is there? Exactly. Yo, so Flacco, the dude. And there's no quarterback. Yo, elite. The last oh commentary coming they out did was not, they're not selling on Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts is not their dude. Because because they had an opportunity to go up and get Zach Wilson, and oh, they were enamored with Zach Wilson. That's why they came out and said those comments. But then once they found out, oh, wait, well, there's no way we're getting Zach Wilson at all, then they were like, okay, we're good with going with Jalen Hurts. 
Zach Wilson's well, a, had, a different well, here's type the of, thing. of quarterback. To, to, to Austin's point, they have beat writers that are in Philly that think that Hurts may not be their guy. You have the owner coming out and saying things, and then no, you that have was, the whole, that, that hasn't been the narrative though since since they got rid of Wentz and and Peterson. That has not been the narrative. The narrative has been we're going forward with Jalen Hurts unless besides that opportunity Jalen. they, they I love had. Jalen Hurts could be the number one quarterback on the season this year. It could be there, but he also could be a third string quarterback by the end of the season. Like it, it just could be That's, the way they stack it up. Breaking news. Not happening. Breaking news. And you say, no. say don't put yourself up for a hill die on for no reason. Like that just it's they don't love him as much as I wish they did. I think what, why do you give what gives you that narrative that he could be a the third same reason string, I told you to pump the brakes on the same reason I told you to pump the brakes on DeAndre Swift last year is the same reason I'm telling you to pump the brakes on the Jalen Hurts commentary right now. It's a brand new coach, it's a brand new system, it's a brand new shot callers coming in, and there is not a hundred percent confidence behind Jalen Hurts. I think there should be, but there isn't. And even if not starting him is the wrong call, decision makers make the wrong call all the time in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is not uh, removed from that context, especially with the lack of confidence coming his way from the top. So I think you should, I hope you're right. The narrative though. That's not the narrative it's been. New narrative here in new England with Julian Edelman has been cut. His contract has been terminated. He failed a physical. Yeah, that was, there were some rumors about that this past weekend that he was like really concerned about something. So that makes sense. When well, he was saying he, he didn't know if he was going to be healthy enough to play. So that's yeah. a bummer. You hate to see that. Hopefully he gets healthy and finds a, we'll see what happens. I don't know if he'll play again, but uh, if he'll, he's, he's going to be set. Up. He's says yeah. Betty ends up in uh, Tampa next week. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right. Right. That's, that does look like that could happen. Move aside, Scotty Miller. Here comes Julian. Going over Right, yeah, good point. Cats pajamas for Austin, man. Your favorite uh, name. Now you get, to, you get to grade him out. At the five spot, he takes Alvin Kamara. Love to see him fall. That is Stepmom Lauren's number one consensus hands-down pick. And uh, it's not easy, to, not hard to see why. And gets to pair Alvin Kamara up with Aaron Jones. God, love those two combos. I think they share a lot of similar play styles. I think you're going to be really happy with that stack. DK Metcalf there in the third round, who's one of my personal favorite wide receivers. Um, from a potential perspective, I, I love that there, especially in the third round. Chris Carson, who Seattle brought back, will be Cats Pajamas' third running back, Lamar Jackson. Quarterback number one, DJ Moore there in the sixth. Raheem Mostert is the fourth running back. Deontay Johnson there is their third wide receiver. Deshaun Watson and Tua as a second and third quarterbacks. Marquise Brown, Jalen Rager, backup wide receivers, then Mike Davis and Tyler Higby. My goodness, this is I, the only hole you kind of have here is the tight end position with Tyler Higby. But if I'm looking at my two starting running backs, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, top notch. My three wide receivers, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson. I love the upside these three wide receivers bring. That is sexy as heck. Lamar Jackson and then Deshaun Watson or Tua. Yeah, you got some question marks there at the QB spot. Um, but if things all work out, if Deshaun Watson stays a starting quarterback this year and he gets his legal troubles worked out, man, that's a nice pairing. Um, even if Lamar Jackson repeats what he did last year, which was not MVP pace, it was still a top 10 quarterback. Um, and then Tua, you expect to see some progression from his stance, and that could be a really nice quarterback situation, really nice running back situation, really nice 
wide receiver situation, Marquise Brown and Jalen Rieger are your bench wide receivers. Um, I love the upside they bring to the table. Those should be two number one wide receivers for their team who have shown question marks, health issues, whatever it might be. But you like the upside and the value. You picked him up there. Tyler Higby, you're going to need another tight end, but it's a good building block. Man, it's B plus comes to mind, but I, I don't know why it really wouldn't be an A minus on this. The running backs are really nice. I think the wide receivers are sneaky nice. There's not a hole at the quarterbacking position, and I don't know how I could say there's not a lot of upside when Lamar Jackson. I mean, Johnny will probably come in and try to tell me that we're never going to see a 2019 version of Lamar Jackson again, but we'll we'll see. I don't know. Um, I think there's still a lot of room for positive development on the Lamar Jackson side. I, I think this is a very strong team that only might have holes at the tight end position, and that's the easiest position to pick up players on later down the season. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go comfortable A minus for me on this squad with Cats Pajamas. I think this is one of his best drafts. This team uh, looks pretty loaded. The quarterback position does scare yeah. you, obviously, because I don't think Deshaun plays this year. But yeah, Deshaun, uh, if, if, if anything, if if he does play, then the, then this team is an A minus, and we get we, we've been grading on that factor. Uh, I'm more confident in goes. the Tyler Higby pick at tight end than Deshaun Watson at quarterback. I would stay away from Deshaun this year. All right, All right, Johnny, easy daddy, easy daddy. Here we go. Uh, we got. Let's see. Can we do this? Nope. It keeps going to Big Travi over here on the solo. <laughs> uh, all right. We have uh, Easy Daddy picking at the 106. Took Ezekiel Elliott. Was kind of hoping he would fit, uh, fall to me. That's what the pick I'd like. Uh, Stefan Diggs in the second. A.J. Brown in the third. David Montgomery in the fourth. Darren Waller in the fifth. Adam Thielen in the sixth. So uh, very nice stack of wide receivers. And uh, pretty good running backs there to start. And then Darren Waller, who uh, a lot of people are projecting to be the number one overall tight end this year. Um, very nice stack there. Uh, and then he grabbed Chase Edmonds in the seventh. We had a long discussion on him. Has Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz as his two quarterbacks. Chase Claypool in the tenth. Uh, I really like that high upside there as your fourth wide receiver. Uh, Philip Lindsay in the sixth. Sam Darnold in the twelfth. Robert Tunyon in the 13th and the Curtis Samuel in the 14th. I like this team a lot. Um, I think this is one of uh, one of my favorite. Probably I'd give this a – I mean, the, the quarterback play is a little bit concerning for sure. The Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold kind of uh, combo, uh, especially when you could kind of – if you're matching up against maybe like, uh, you know uh, – max team where you're playing josh allen and kyler murray might be a little bit difficult there uh but overall yeah probably like a b b plus i would give this uh grade here is the b for bust because that's what these quarterbacks could be potentially (laughs) first round busts you're just on baker mayfield he could be better than he was last year when he gets over i I, I agree and i think that wentz i think wentz can bounce back in indy i think i just it it just played well sorry Didn't play pretty well. Uh, I'm going to go with number one overall or number one uh, fan. Sorry, Jacob Blay. I just want to shout out Jacob Blay. Me and Johnny got a chance to meet him. I was out in Phoenix a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago. Jacob Blay is a stand up guy, and we appreciate all the support he's always given us from day one. It was good to meet you, buddy, and good to have you in here drafting every week. We love all all the Whisper Nation helping us out. Jacob is no exception there. Went with Nick Chubb, then Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, followed by Julio Jones in the fourth. Man, what a value there. And then Kareem Hunt in the fifth. 
followed by Russell Wilson. I thought this was a tremendous build from rounds one through six. Um, and I, I thought he could took great upside after that with Tyler Lockett and OBJ. Um, some dart throws in Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard later on. And then Rob Gronkowski with Zach Wilson and Derek Carr to round out his second quarterback position. I thought this was a nice play, too, that's probably going to be a little underrated. Going with Zach Wilson for the upside as the rookie QB coming in. Let's say he goes to the Jets like everybody uh, assumes it's a done deal. Uh, then you've got Zach Wilson and the Jets. Maybe he can light the world on fire, but if he doesn't, you've got Derek Carr, who's been a consistent you know, compiler of yards in his career and for fantasy purposes. So I thought nice play on the upside, and then to back it up with the floor of Derek Carr was a nice uh, addition there. Um, the running back depth will scare me a little bit. You'll be playing a lot of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at the same time, but that wasn't bad last year. And in, in a second year in this offense, I don't think it'll be that bad this year if both guys are healthy. The instance would be if one of those guys were to get hurt. Yes, Chubb or Hunt would then you know get an uptick in production, but you'd be kind of out uh, floating without a, an RB there. Uh, so that scares me. Um, so it's not enough to give him give him an A here. And I think the quarterback situation, other than Russell Wilson, is going to be a little bit dicey. He won't put you over the edge. The wide receivers, though, are really strong on this team. Travis Kelsey is going to give you a lot of weekly wins, uh, having that advantage. So I'd say B plus uh, or a B somewhere around there for me on Jacob Blay here. Awesome. You want to take Reed Tyler here? It looks like yeah. a bit of this, but jump into Reed Tyler's here, uh, who takes up the nine spot, Jonathan Taylor. I think that's a great selection. I think it's the most appropriate spot we've seen him go, and you're feeling very good if you take Jonathan Taylor. You're not actually I don't think you're feeling guilty either of having left somebody more proven behind. Joe Mixon there in the second. Uh yeah, I actually like Joe Mixon here more than I have in years past. Josh Jacobs there in the third. Man, that's a steal compared to his first-round selection we saw last year, and he finished as the running back eight in PPR and standard formats. Um, I know there's a couple of reasons to hit the pause button. They signed Kenyon Drake, but Josh Jacobs really doesn't have a lot of reason not to be better than he was last year. He's just 23 years old coming into his third season. And then he gets Miles Sanders there in the fourth round. My goodness. Talk about bell cow backs there through the first four rounds. Then Travis Etienne, one of the highest touted prospects from the rookie coming in. Um, And then Amari Cooper, who's still technically the number one wide receiver in Dallas. Uh, Really been a phenomenal player when you look at all the numbers. Definitely some question marks, but the dude just, just does it was the wide receiver 15 last year in PPR, 18 in standard. Um, Kenyon Drake then gets that handcuff for Josh Jacobs. Jamar Chase and T.Y. Hilton are his wide receiver twos and threes. Going to be relying on that rookie, but um, got a lot of other pieces there. Then Zach Ertz, tight end, Robbie Anderson, uh, your fourth wide receiver. Cam Newton is going to be your first QB. Rondale Moore and Michael Gallup there. Um, so there's some things on this team I really like. There are some things that give me a lot of concern. I love the running back stacks here. Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne. You got depth. You got starters. You got you got ceiling. Um, you got floor play. It's it's really stacked running back, and that's usually the hardest thing to accomplish. So nicely job, nice job there. But this is a super flex team, which is going to give you two quarterbacks. You can technically start. Uh, you only drafted one of them, and that was Cam Newton, the guy who was everybody was shocked got re-signed this year, and he's getting clowned by dudes at his own summer camp this year, which isn't right from those campers. You should be better than that, kids. But, uh, yeah, that's still just the fact of it, and that's your only quarterback. You're going to need a second one. That's an issue. Um, and then 
I'm a little concerned with the pop available at the wide receiver position. T.Y. Hilton is coming into his somethingth year. He's going to be 32 this season coming up. Didn't have a great year last year. I think T.Y. Hilton is going to be fine, but that's who you're, you're going to be really relying on him. Given Jamar Chase, who's a rookie, is technically your wide receiver too, and then going to be needing Robbie Anderson to produce. Um, Michael Gallup's kind of as a handcuff play there with Amari Cooper. I like him there in the 14th round. But because of the quarterback position and the tight end spot and, and the lack of security at the wide receiver position, even with this crazy running back stack, I got to go like, I got to go C plus on here. The quarterbacks give me the biggest concern. It's a C plus though. It's a friendly C plus because I think you can really build this team out. I think you could find another quarterback or two. I think you could find another tight end or two. Um, I think you got good wide receivers to work with. This just doesn't, this isn't a finished team yet. Um, so it's a C plus right now, but I'm not, I wouldn't be as concerned about this team going in because um, you got some built-in blocks available. But yeah, C plus. And that gives us one more draft grade available. Yep. I will go ahead and close it out here on Diamond Mike USA. Uh, sitting at the 110 spot, took Antonio Gibson. Love him as a running back. Devontae Adams uh, was his turn. Then he took Calvin Ridley. And then uh, J.K. Dobbins, love those two. Um, then we have Chris Godwin, followed by Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow as his two quarterbacks. Ronald Jones in the eighth. Dallas Goddard in the ninth. And then you took Matt Ryan in the tenth. I like that. Uh, to yeah. pair Joe Burrow gets back. Um, let's see. Debo Samuel in the eleventh. Uh, nice. 12th is A.J. Dillon, okay. followed by Trey Sermon and Hayden Hurst in the 14th. Uh, overall, I I like this team. I think it's pretty solid. I would give it a B plus. I like where he got his running back. It's a little bit thin. Um, you need some things to happen with you know A.J. Dillon. We'll see where Trey Sermon goes. Uh, Ronald Jones, once again, I'm – little bit leaning towards more on the Uncle Lenny, but uh, if that ends up working out, that could be a real nice hit for you. Yeah, I'd give this, you know, a B plus. I I like B plus. I like really solid B plus, right? Yeah. Like it, you just need a little bit, maybe more upside to to reach out. But like Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, really nice floor and ceiling. J.K. Dobbins is such a fan favorite. Second year player. I know everyone on this panel is a little bit paused on that, but the Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin's like, there's no holes yeah. here. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. This was, I think this was well put together with a little, like, definitely major upside in the running back core. Um, you know, if things start to hit for Dobbins and Gibson, like, you'd be sitting Devontae here Adams, really... Calvin Ridley, like, those two guys are going to get you 50 points combined at least. Yeah, that's, one week. Those are some smash spots for touchdown upside, at least, too, with those mm-hmm. wide receivers. So, well, we did it, guys. We, we did, did it. it. Superflex. Let us know in the comments on – we're going to be posting this up on Instagram. Let us know in the comments there, here on YouTube, on Twitter, wherever you caught us streaming. Let us know whose draft you like the best. Let us know who won between Johnny and Travis. And make sure you liked and subscribed on YouTube and then followed on Twitter so that you can catch Johnny dropping the draft room links to our sleeper room every single Monday. We do this every week. We'd love to draft along with you, but the room's full up quick, not going to lie. So you're going to have to be following on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Get that room. Get in there because once they're gone, they're gone. But we'll see you the next week. If you miss it this time, and you can always join us in the chats. We'll be sure to answer every single question um, that comes up our way. Make sure you like and subscribe. Catch all the daily content. I know Johnny and Travis are got a lot of content coming out weekly. 
a lot of pieces. We'd love to have you a part of that. Any closing thoughts, Johnny, Travis, you'd like to share with Whisper Nation before we let them go? I'm good. Catch us on Wednesday. We'll be going live again uh, around 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so make sure you catch us then. All, All right. right. You heard it there first. I'm Austin Sear. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks. That's Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw, go ahead and hit subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell so you get notified anytime we drop new content or go live. And if you're still not told yet, check out one of these videos.